0: Hi, Idaho. My name is Andy with an I. And I am Alyssa. And this is the Idaho Crime Squad pod. Yeah. Idaho Crime Squad pod where we talk about crime and creepy things that happen here in our beloved potato state I have my best friend roommate and soulmate Alyssa on the podcast today hello, say hi hello it's how's good, it going it's good to have you on the podcast finally you know we actually recorded two episodes prior to this yes and both of them got like messed up in editing technical and we malfunctions yeah we recorded so originally our first episode was Angie Dodge and I originally did yes. that episode with you Yes. And then we recorded um, the case of Alofa Timae. Yes. And mm-hmm. that one got messed up too. So I knew all about the cases. <laughs> yeah, I know. And now I, I don't want to re-record them with you because it's like, I I don't know. It's just not the same like it's shock value. It's not the value. same. Yeah. yeah, truly. I would rather be surprised anyways. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Well, me and Alyssa have been friends for 10 years. Um, a little longer actually, I think now. Yeah, we're we, getting up there. Yeah, we became friends in high school. We ran with the same really weird theater crowd. Yep. Um, And then... You know, we've stayed close ever since. we both, like, moved states, but we always come back to each other. We have a lot of really mm-hmm. rat crazy stories. Um, and then it just so happened that I bought a house around the time that Alyssa needed somewhere to live. <gasps> and she moved in with me. <laughs> so we're finally living the dream that we've always talked about since, like, literal, since we were children. Yes.
1: 10 out of 10 recommend waiting until you're older to move in with your best friend. If because- we would have done this Oof.
0: earlier, I don't think we'd be friends.
1: We would not be friends at this point.
0: Yeah. I mean, living with your friends in your, like, mid to late 20s is so different than living with your friends in your like late it's, teens early 20s it's
1: because we know how to properly communicate
0: it's a little yeah. easier to
1: get our points across and to feel heard totally we, we also
0: both work full-time yeah. we both have our own lives
1: we have our own schedules. yeah, yeah. we have our
0: own schedules and like that's we... why this is taking so long you <laughs> know we both also like appreciate a clean house and mm-hmm. and we both love to cook for each other yes it's been so fun living with you like this it's is amazing hands down my favorite living situation I've ever been in like me you my husband Mm -hmm. and then our other wonderful roommate Eddie who's not our third amigo our third amigo he's not on the podcast today but he Mm -hmm. will be around so wait for him and be listening for that um so today we're gonna be talking about Judy Goff do you know this story I do not oh you're gonna love this shit you're gonna love this shit I'm stoked um this takes place in Boise of course. Um, this takes place in like the late 70s. But ooh, it, vibing. But okay. it really, like we're, we're starting in the mid 70s. And then we're going to kind of work our way up until like the 80s is when the crime takes place. Wow. Um, but this story really goes forward up until like the mid 2000s. Damn. Yeah, it's, it's, we're going to cover a lot of ground here. Um, I did, you know, for time's sake, do a lot of choppy chop. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, ooh. Also, I got a new iPad for my birthday. Um, my birthday was last week. It was March 25th. And then I came down with the worst case of COVID. This girl was in bed every I was single day bedridden. And the she team, was non functional. Yeah. And the team gave me my birthday off, which was so nice and so fantastic. And then I was like, three days later I had symptoms of COVID because I went to tree fort and like we went roller skating for my birthday. Yeah. And I think I was just exposed to so many germs and I wasn't really being careful because I was so wasted.
1: (laughs) We were just trying to have fun. you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We haven't partied on a birthday
1: like that in a while. It's been a while.
0: Yeah. So I got COVID. So that's why I took two weeks off. I just had to, you know, tell the squad why I've been gone. Let everybody know. (laughs) But we're coming in hot here. Um, Like I said, we're going to be talking about Judy Goff today. Um, I was actually able to find a book that was written by Judy's daughter. Her name is Kim. Kim, if you ever listen to this episode, I want you to know that your book really touched me. Um, it was such a fantastic source material for this episode, and it really felt like I was just reading like your journal. Um, which was crazy insight into this case. I want to thank you for being so willing to tell your story. If you ever hear this chef's kiss, guys, Um, if you get a chance to read this book, I got my copy off Amazon. It's called unworthy. What would you do for your mother by Kimberly Wollert? It's a blue book with a photo of a child on it, um, which I would assume would be Kimberly. Mm -hmm. Everything really starts when Kim was about two years old. She states that she remembers clear as day when she was two, her father saying goodbye to her and leaving the family. Damn. At this point, she had an older brother named Shane. Um, kids and siblings kind of come and go in this story, um, but right now we have Shane and Kimberly. Shane's her older brother. Okay, how
1: how much older is he?
0: Maybe two years.
1: Okay, year so they're two. not that far apart. Yeah, yeah. And they are.
0: They're. I believe that they're both the children of her father. So they're blood siblings. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Yep. Okay. Her father came outside into the backyard, hugged them goodbye, and then left. After this, Kim's mom, Judy, had men kind of, like, floating in and out. Um, It was always the same story. These guys would move into Judy's house, which was located off the Boise bench area. Um, The address, Mm. and the house does still stand today, so I'm going to ask you guys to please respect the privacy of this house. I know that there's a lot of history there and stuff, but there are new owners now. Um, So, you know, maybe a drive-by would be fine, but...
1: Don't go knocking. Don't go
0: knocking. Don't go looking for Give them their space. space. Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to give you everything you need to know in this story, um, but And the house is beautiful now, but the address is 4705 Clark Street. Oh, that's in Boise. Yeah, I sounds, know where that is. I think we used to part. I think that's where we used to party in yeah, high school. Yeah,
1: my uh, stepdad's mom lives over near that area. Oh, really? Or, no, my dad's mom lives over near that area. Weird.
0: Yep, right up on the bench. So Judy was kind of like a serial dater, and her daughter Kimberly would say that when she was dating a man, quote, they were it. We still got fed and taken care of, but it was all about them. Close yeah. quote. Yeah. Ugh. The first man in their lives after Kim's dad left was named Dick. And he moved in rather quick. Um, and he seemed to kind of take on like a fatherly role. Uh, you will, you'll see a theme like most of these men do. Mm-hmm. Um, Judy insisted that the kids refer to him as dad.
1: Wow. Very, yeah. That sucks.
0: Now around the same time, maybe maybe like even a year later, Kim remembers her mother trying almost everything to get Kim to stop sucking her thumb. One day... Kim is like three or four. Judy held her thumb under a knife and threatened to cut it off if she didn't stop sucking it.
1: Oh my God.
0: That was really the beginning of this, like of the abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, But unfortunately, that is not the last of the abuse that Kimberly went through under the care of her mother.
1: Well, when you do things like that to a child, it only makes them want to do it more because usually they're doing something like that because they're anxious or nervous or scared.
0: Well, and I think... so. She says in her, Kim says in her book, like it, it was effective, but it, what it does is it, it's trauma. Yeah. And it taught her to fear her mom. Yeah. From a very young age, not to trust, like she was not safe with her mom.
1: Which sucks because that's the one person in the world you should trust.
0: Yeah. A lot of this. Like you
1: should be able to trust.
0: Absolutely. And like a lot of this comes in kind of later because we'll get into it. Yeah. We'll get into it. Also around this time. Kimberly's father would start dating a woman who was also named Judy. Mm -hmm. We're going to refer to her as Jay, just so it's not confusing. confusing. So Jay was very nice by all accounts. She was beautiful. And she had a daughter named Rachel who was around the same age as Kimberly. Mm -hmm. So they started becoming close when Kim was like staying with her dad. And they actually remained very close friends for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. When Kim was almost four, her mom, original Judy, Mm -hmm. would birth a son by the name of Kelly. Kelly. And this, Hmm. Dick was the father of Kelly. Okay. So she got a brand new little brother, different dad. But next thing she knew, Dick was gone. And after a few months, a new man started coming around by the name of Lloyd. Hmm. Lloyd Ford was born and raised in Nebraska, but he was like retired Navy, so he was like traveling a lot early on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He went on to marry a Nebraska native, though, and they had uh, three kids together. Hmm. This was Sandy, Pamela, and Tommy. Mm. At some point, the family did, like, move out west. I can assume that this was in Idaho. I'm not sure, though. Like, I couldn't, like, get a reliable source on where, but I could assume it was. Mm -hmm. Um, His eldest daughter, Sandy Burke, stated that her dad was, like, a really fun guy to be around. Um, He was very loved, and he was kind of a womanizer, she stated yeah, that women just kind of like gravitated towards him. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's rumored that the reason they moved out west um, was in order to, quote, get away from another woman. Oh, yeah, that's the tea. That's the tea. Ooh. However, Lloyd's wife up and left one day. Oh um, we can't really figure out why, but it was like heavily implied that it was infidelity. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: that sucks.
0: Yeah, and she did take the kids with her. Oof. So she left Lloyd In the area. That's why I assume this was in Idaho because he's in Idaho when he meets Judy. Yeah. Right? Yep. Kim said in her book that Lloyd was decent and nice starting out. Um, He moved in with them, started doing some dad stuff around the house, and Judy insisted that the kids call him dad. Ugh. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't want to, like, diagnose anybody here. But I, I don't know if it's because Judy, like, cared so much about these men's ego or, like, was yeah. trying to manipulate them into staying.
1: That's, I mean, with her first husband leaving. Yeah. The father of um, Kim leaving. Yeah. Leaving. That's got to be really hard. Like, it's got to make you scared that, like, everybody's going to leave. Everyone's going to leave. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: I, I wasn't able to find much info on Judy's past. I can assume yeah. that she probably had a pretty traumatic childhood just because of her behavior here. Yeah. Um, but she's a narcissist. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's hard. I don't know if narcissists are, like, born that way or if it's, or like, something that yeah, yeah developed during childhood from yeah. trauma. Um, but, yeah, I mean... You
1: can tell she's definitely projecting in yeah,
0: a way. Yeah, yeah. And she, I don't know... She does so much for these men in her life, but she like really everyone in her life is a chess piece, right? Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. it's like
1: almost she has to put the kids on the back burner so that she can focus on this. Yeah,
0: and once the kids, like we'll get into it, but once they start becoming more aware of everything, Mm -hmm. it's everything's a game to her. Everything every move that she makes, every conversation she has is like for personal. What's her sign? That is a great (sighs) question.
1: I would love to know that.
0: Pause. Libra? She's a Scorpio. No, she's a Scorpio. You oh, were right. Oh my God, I knew you it. You were right. Bro, I knew it. Kim goes on to state that the biggest shift was when Judy's dad died. Mm. Um, she said Judy was inconsolable and she saw her mom change a lot after that. Judy truly believes her father was the only person on earth who like actually loved her. Um, and Kim said it was very difficult watching her mother spiral after his passing and stated, quote, mom seemed to lose her spark. That's sad. So Kim is still very young at this point. She's probably like four or five. Mm -hmm. Um, She made the mistake of referring to her stepmom, Jay, as mom
1: in front of Judy.
0: This made Judy absolutely livid. Kim was understandably confused because she was forced to call various men dad. Yeah. But one stable and consistent motherly figure to her, she wasn't allowed to call her mom
1: that's bullshit.
0: It just kind of speaks to like how difficult Judy was. Mm -hmm. Like she just could not stand, like no one was allowed to replace her, you know, she's a narcissist.
1: How hard that must have been for Kim and so confusing at that age.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's like four or five.
1: Yeah. She's taking what the knowledge that you've given her and running with it as children do. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like she made
0: that assumption.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: So when Kim was five in 1973, her mom and Lloyd got married, and it was shortly after this that they relocated to Elko, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Kim hated it in Elko.
1: Really? I can't blame
0: her. Have you ever been to Elko, Nevada?
1: I have, like, you drive through Elko, like, on the way out and about, don't you? Yeah. Like, I on think the you, way down to, like, Vegas and... I Yeah, like, I think so. out to,
0: like... If I've been to Sparks, I've been to Elko, right? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've only been to Elko once and it's a shithole. Don't cancel me. It's one of those like
1: small drive through towns, yeah. right? It's not It's not very big. It's not
0: something you typically like stay. Yeah. And want to hang out. It's funny because like a lot of people who aren't from Elko, when I when I tell them it's a shithole, they get really offended. But people who are actually from Elko are like, yeah, they're, I know. Like, eh. they're like, it's yeah. like people
1: from Pocatello. They're yeah. like, yeah, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> <"That> sucks
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> so she hated it mainly because this is arguably where the abuse was the most consistent, mm-hmm. and their living situation was difficult to yeah. say the least. They were living in a pretty rundown trailer, and Lloyd would very quickly become violent. Ugh. Now, I need to say this, and so I don't, like, get any angry emails or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lloyd's original children, Sandy, Pamela, Tommy, are adamant that Lloyd was not abusive. They think this is a complete lie. From my understanding, this has, like, caused a lot of tension because Kimberly paints it out in detail, like, the abuse in her book. Yeah. Um, but his children, to this day, state that their father never hit them and that they do not believe he was abusive to the other children either.
1: Well, and what sucks about those situations is that sometimes when you get into a relationship someone you tend to take on some of their personalities, yeah. And you tend to see the things that you would normally see outside of that relationship as bad, you tend to see them as normal. Totally. And your whole mindset changes, which well, I'm not justifying like
0: It's he- also really common for people to choose one like they don't always abuse all their kids I mean did you ever read a child called it yes yeah oh my god they had like four kids and they only did that to one of them exactly and like that's really really common like they just want that Mm -hmm. one outlet Mm -hmm. and these aren't these aren't his kids so like not that I'm justifying it whatsoever but like I could see why he would abuse them and not the other kids yeah you know
1: yeah Which sucks. It totally sucks.
0: Right. And we also don't know what was in his head. He might have regretted his affair Mm -hmm. and felt like his whole life got thrown away and was just angry. According to Kim, the violence first started off with like a spanking that got worse and worse. And then over time it was escalating to like face smacks and then humiliation and then full blown rage attacks mainly focused at the kids.
1: Jesus.
0: At this time it was Shane, Kimberly and Kelly. Mm -hmm. um kimberly states that she's never seen such intense and blinding rage in someone before and she will absolutely never forget it now this is a trigger warning we're going to get into some details here just some instances and stuff if you don't want to hear this skip ahead like 30 seconds we're going to try to let's try to blow through this yeah um so in one instance kelly who was a baby at the time her younger Mm -hmm. brother um was sleeping he wasn't sleeping well he was really fussy there was one instance where Lloyd allegedly held Kelly's face under running water over and over again, oh my and Kimberly gosh. had to quite literally hang from Lloyd to like try to get him to stop.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: He also made fun of Kimberly's weight all the time. Kimberly's That's like not six. okay. Yeah, um, he called her pig or dog. Oh my! And God. even forced her to eat off the floor. Jesus. She would. This is really sad. She would console herself by saying, "I am not a pig." To herself while the abuse was happening
1: you are not girl that's oh, so sad a
0: six-year-old having to like my say that God. to themselves unbelievable
1: what kind of f- up person you gotta be to treat a child like that Horrific. especially a child that's not I, even i yours. look at my uh.
0: nieces and my nephew i like i touch their faces i hug them they're mm-hmm. so sweet to me mm-hmm. like i will kill and then for i you. and then not i literally. research these stories no i would i research these <laughs> stories and i'm like I picture my niece in my head because yeah. she's about this age. Yeah. And I'm like, if anyone ever spoke to her that way, that would be the last words they would ever say. Yeah, Well,
1: like, what gives you the right? Like, especially with children, that's what gets to me. Like, they didn't ask to be here. Yeah. We brought them into this world. Yeah. That's and not And children fair.
0: are so innocent.
1: And they're so vulnerable. Yeah. They're just little babies. That's
0: why people prey on them. God, that's I know. so f- Also, if you skipped ahead 30 seconds, skip ahead another 30 seconds because we're not done here. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Judy was not doing anything to stop this, Um, nor did she really ever validate what the kids were going through. It was just kind of not spoken about. Um, She even started serving Kim her meals on the floor to appease her husband.
1: Jesus Christ.
0: Was Judy ever abused? Kimberly says yes. Um, that she did witness it on one occasion while they were still in Elko. Kimberly walked out of the, into the hallway late at night and witnessed Lloyd beating Judy intensely. Judy oh yelled at Kimberly God. to go back to bed, and the next day, Judy had a black eye, but they never spoke about it.
1: Jesus.
0: So at some point, Lloyd's other kids did come and visit in Elko, and Kimberly stated during this time that the abuse stopped completely. Interesting, wow. huh? And when it was time for the kids to head back to their home, um, Tommy, Lloyd's only son, mm-hmm. actually ended up staying behind and living with them. Hmm. Interesting, huh?
1: Very interesting.
0: Now, they did end up locating back to Boise, to, to the Clark Street residence, mm-hmm. right?
1: Okay. Um, yeah.
0: Which is where the crime occurred. Uh, we're going to fast forward a little bit here. Just know that the abuse like slowly got less intense, um, but it was definitely still there. Yeah, this becomes important later. Both Judy and Lloyd were allegedly still abusive. Lloyd being the main perpetrator, and Ju- Judy being very much like the enabler. Even
1: with like the oldest kid there.
0: Yeah. Damn. Well, the oldest kid is like seven. Oh. Like they're they're kids. So Tommy, uh, Tommy is oh god, how? Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Nah, they're probably about the same age.
1: You think so? Yeah, they're yeah. probably about the same age. Probably the youngest kid on his other side.
0: Yeah, he was born last. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah he was baby. born last. Yeah. Okay. His oldest daughter in 1980. His oldest daughter was born in 1960. Mm. So she was probably like 13 around this time. And then he had another daughter who was probably like 10. And then this kid was probably like 6 or 7.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: so. Okay. Don't quote me on that. But he was the youngest of, of the kids. Okay. Judy was working as a hairstylist. Lloyd was a long haul trucker. At this time, at, excuse at me. This time. At this time, <laughs> at this time, Lloyd's kids were calling him about once a week to catch up, mm-hmm. um, and he would often like be away on a haul. So Judy would just take a message, and he would always like call them back, yeah, um, and get back to them when he was back in town. For sure, yeah. Now, around the time Kimberly was twelve, she was extremely codependent on her mother at this point because mm. you have to think about it like she's being abused from both angles. Yeah, the abuse is worse from Lloyd. So, her mom is, like, the her, like, consoling her, but, like, in a manipulative way. Yes. Right? Like, she feels like she her needs her is, mother.
1: Her mom is the only sense of comfort that she feels in this yes. environment.
0: And she's the only other girl in the house.
1: Yeah. And,
0: like, Kim has abandonment issues. Like, yeah. all these men, man after man after man, just leaves them.
1: Well, and not even that, but, like, also her dad leaving in yeah. the beginning, too. Yeah. That is... Like, that's hard. That's hard at that age. That's hard to go through.
0: She was kind of groomed her entire life to be, like, walking on eggshells with mm-hmm. her mom. Um, yeah. And she was very much conditioned to want to please her mom in every way, right? That's, like, the name of the book. like Things yeah. you would do for your mother, yeah. right? Um, textbook narcissist, parent with an empath child dynamic. Yeah. Very oh. sad. So they're still living in the Boise Bench area. This is on the Clark Street. Um, and this is the spring of nineteen eighty. Kimberly's twelve. There was one evening where Judy was preparing dinner in the kitchen and Kimberly, who was sitting at the table, stated that Judy looked up at her and said, quote, How would you like it if Lloyd was gone? Now, off the bat here, Kimberly is still a child. She's twelve. Yeah. So when Judy said this, she assumed, like, I don't know, divorce.
1: Yeah. You know? Maybe like, okay.
0: Yeah, get him out of here. Like, sure, if you want him to leave. And Kim was kind of used to her, like, mom's men, like, coming and going. So at right. first she, like, felt excited. She was kind of like, okay, this is the cycle. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. and Or, like, I think that she just wanted to, like, have alone time with her mom and, like, finally just be, like, an, a family.
1: Yeah. Especially being in, like, that tween age where yeah. you're, like, coming up in the world. Mm-hmm. You're learning a little bit more. Your brain is a lot... You're absorbing a lot more information at this point. And she's and never had a puberty. normal
0: family. And, like, she yeah. loves her mom so much and her mom just doesn't love her, you know, yeah. like, at the end of the day. So I think she just, like, him being gone, like, is, like, an opportunity for them to, like,
1: yeah, to for sure. have
0: the childhood that she wants In her to head,
1: have. like, that's her scapegoat. Sure. To be able to actually be with her mom.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But over the next few days, Judy started slipping a little more info to Kimberly about what she was – actually saying Mm -hmm. it's almost like she was trying to convince herself that this needed to happen like judy was and she just like wanted kim's validation yeah like she wanted kim to like kind of be like like, yeah 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 yeah." you know what i mean Mm -hmm. this is like manipulative right like (sighs) kim is a child like that's the problem with that it's just so sad because like i i personally had a friend who was a narcissist parent to their kids we're not friends anymore um But it's similar to how like Judy treated Kim where it's like your kids are like they're not your best friends when you're a narcissist. They're like your enablers and it's where you get all your compliments and all that stuff. But then you like turn around and treat them like absolute shit.
1: It's not fair. It's no, it's, it's like, horrific. It's like using your kids for the social validation you never got.
0: Yes, yeah. that.
1: And never reciprocating any of the validation that they need as that children. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Ugh,
1: disgusting.
0: Judy came right out and said, what if Lloyd died? Uh, Kim at first was like, does he have cancer or something? Like yeah. in her head, she was like, well, what is do you he mean? Yeah, is he dying? Yeah. Like, are you trying to prep me for that? Um, But then Judy asked her, what if I killed him? Uh. Now, Kim did not believe her mother was serious. Like, she didn't – she stated that her mom was, like, being really dodgy and vague about all this. Mm-hmm. Um, Judy was kind of running ideas by her, like, what if I smothered him? What if I slid his throat? Kind of just
1: talking out her yeah, ass. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, my next sentence, but Kim was just letting her talk like she often did. Mm-hmm. And I get the impression that Judy talked out of her ass often. Yep. Like, this was nothing new. And Kim just sought her mother's approval. So fiercely that she would just kind of nod at her "Mm -hmm, mom and be like, like, let her go on tangents. Yeah. 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 That's
1: what I do with my mom. You got (laughs) to let her go off sometimes.
0: (laughs) Uh, But just a few days later, Judy gave Kim some money to run to the store and buy some ice cream Mm -hmm. and caramel syrup, as well as a shit ton of sleeping medication.
1: Which I'm sure at this time, you definitely were not ID'd to buy sleeping no. medication No, well, Kim at the store. Kim didn't
0: think much of sleeping pills because Judy asked her to go to the store all the time and, like, pick her up cigarettes and shit. This is 1980. Yeah. so yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Like, They're like, oh, I know your mom. Yeah, these are for her. So what Kim didn't know is that the only person who got caramel syrup that night was Lloyd.
1: Because she put the,
0: oh. And in that caramel was a shit ton sleeping of, pills- it was a shit ton of crushed up diphenhydramine. Damn. Yeah. So the next morning while Kimberly got ready for school, she peeked into like her mom and Lloyd's room. Mm
1: -hmm. Lloyd was
0: not looking too good. He was moaning and trying to walk around and kind of saying like, something's wrong with me. Like he like was disoriented and out of it. Yeah. And Judy was attempting to help him get back into bed. Mm -hmm. When the boys, Shane, Kelly and Tommy were leaving for school, they asked Kim if she was ready and Judy interrupted that Kim was not going to school. And that she was sick and would be staying home. This was news to Kimberly. Kim's like, I'm fine, Mom. Yeah. I'm good. So after the boys left for school, Lloyd was trying to get out of the room to go to the bathroom when he stumbled into some fishing poles and he hooked his hands in all the fishing poles. Oh, ouch. And he was just kind of mumbling. Mm -hmm. Um, In the interview with Dateline, um, Kim says, like, I don't think he even felt it. Like, he was so out of it. He
1: was so just... Ugh, that's, yep. It was at
0: this point that Judy told Kimberly to run outside and grab their large trunk and clean it. Then Judy put out her cigarette and said, quote, I'm ready. My god. Judy placed Lloyd on a sheet on the floor of her bedroom and turned up the stereo extremely loud. She then pointed a gun at Lloyd and while holding it, instructed Kimberly to pull the trigger. She
1: made her daughter do
0: it? She tried to, yeah.
1: Oh my god.
0: Kim absolutely refused. She yeah. was like, I'm not fucking doing that. Yeah. Like, no. Hell no. No. Do your own dirty yeah. work. Yeah. What the fuck? So she then asked Kimberly to cover her ears. Her ears. She wanted Kimberly to cover Judy's ears. Not her Kimberly's. mom said,
1: Kim, please cover, cover my, my ears. ears. What the
0: fuck? Yeah. Cover my ears.
1: Once again, another example of her not protecting her yeah. children.
0: Did not give a fuck. God. So Kimberly on the inside was freaking the fuck out. Okay. Yeah. What are you looking at
1: I was looking at my skull oh I thought there I'm was so a ghost so- over there I was like dude there's a
0: ghost in your bathroom no there's a there- ghost in the freaking toaster oven <laughs> I'm not kidding I
1: think we have an electrical ghost ghosts so ghosts will either fuck with things or lights or wait something. why what happened in my bathroom you're every time I go in your bathroom the lights go Gee-ge-ge-ge. oh the lights flicker every single time I go in there
0: why tell me why the toaster oven started baking yesterday I haven't used the toaster oven in weeks.
1: I have, we haven't even turned that toaster oven on, like, since I first got those little sandwiches from Costco. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was sitting there minding my business, and I heard it go, bloop, and it started, it yeah. was still hot when we got over to it. I just hear Alyssa, <laughs> our toaster oven is haunted. Dude, I thought I was tripping, Dick. Like I, I was like, what the f- just happened?
1: Well, and I came out, and I, y'all, I dead ass put my hand inside of that toaster oven, and it was hot. Mm-hmm. It was hot. Yeah,
0: it wasn't a joke. We don't
1: use the toaster oven.
0: Reliable Bob's used cars in Boise, Idaho, has been right on the corner and right on the deal since 1975. For those of you not wanting to do the math, that is 48 years. Okay, here's the thing. At most dealerships, the salesperson is paid a percentage of the profit on the car that they sell. This motivates them to get the customers to pay more. That's not what they do at Fairly Reliable Bob's. Their salespeople actually make the same commission no matter what price the customer pays. So the salesperson is truly working with and for the customer to find the right car at the right deal. At Fairleys, 80% of their business is either repeat customers or people who have been referred to by their customers. You have to treat people right to earn that kind of loyalty. And after 48 years in business, chances are you have a friend or family member who has purchased a car from Fairleys. So don't just take my word for it, guys. Ask around. You will find that Fairly Reliable Bobs is the place to get your next car, truck, or SUV. Fairly Reliable Bobs used cars downtown Boise at 23rd and Main since 1975. Kimberly on the inside was freaking the fuck out. She was basically in shock, but Mm -hmm. she did while she was told. While Judy knelt on the ground, she covered her ears. After several minutes of hesitation and Kimberly closing her eyes super tight, Kimberly shouted, if you're going to do it, just do it. She's like, if you're going to do it, just do it. Like, don't, don't fucking make me sit here waiting for you to do it. Exactly. And then it was just seconds later that she heard the loudest bang she's ever heard in her life.
1: That's close range, too. Kim did
0: not want to stick around to see much more of this. Mm -hmm. She bolted out of the room without even looking, down the hallway, into the backyard, over the fence, and into the alley behind her house, where she stayed for quite a while, just trying to process, like, what the f*** just happened. Yeah, holy shit. She was shaking and listening. She was honestly, like, really afraid that he wasn't dead. So she was listening for him. Yeah. Trying to hear like voices. Yeah. Um, he she was afraid. She was afraid that he was going to like come punish her or kill yeah. her. You know? Yeah. She didn't know if her mom had like missed or like anything. She What didn't had happened. Yeah. She eventually made her way back into the house uh, where Judy hugged Kimberly and told her she loved her mm. and then proceeded to force Kim to help her move the body. What the fuck? <laughs> unbelievable. This woman is Unbelievable. Ugh. I know. Like you said, like, not a child, that's a pawn. Yeah. That's so fucked up. Everything she does is calculated. She really goes into details about, like, her inner thoughts in her book. Kim yeah. does. Um, but they transported his body, and it's a gruesome chapter. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like, she painted it so beautifully, mm-hmm. like, her thoughts and everything. Yeah. It's really hard to read, because you're, like, really reading it from a 12-year-old perspective. Yeah. Um, they transported his body on the sheet like like they would move someone like in a hospital right yeah down the hall to the trunk where her mom then forced her to touch his still warm body and help place it in the trunk
1: oh god she
0: had shot him in the face
1: oh god yeah
0: this part of the book was like really hard to read like i was saying kimberly you are an incredible writer i want you to know i got as close i i feel like i got as close as i possibly could to feeling what she was feeling yeah. just through words. You know, like, obviously I'll never feel that. Yeah. But, like, if someone could make me feel that through words, Kimberly yeah. did it.
1: I'm very eager to read this book because it's I would so really good. like to hear it from yeah. her perspective. It's, That's, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah.
0: Judy then rented a carpet cleaner, and Kimberly helped her scrub away the entire mess. So the trunk remained in the backyard on the side of the house for a few days mm-hmm. um, until it was time to bury it. Judy had like corralled the boys into digging a large hole in the backyard to plant a peach tree like a few days prior to the murder. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Let's plant a peach tree." So all three boys like dug this hole. Tommy, his son,
1: his dug son. his father's
0: grave. That is so fucked yeah. up. And then she asked after the trunk had been sitting out for a few days, she asked her oldest son Shane to bury the trunk. And she told the kids that she changed her mind about the peach tree. So Shane, Judy, and Kimberly all know the secret. At this point. Tommy? Tommy does not know. Has
1: no idea. Tommy
0: and Kelly do not know at this point. No.
1: That is fucked
0: up. Kimberly went on to say that she was like sworn deeply to secrecy. And she would keep this secret for a very long time. Now Judy started telling people around town that Lloyd had run off with another woman. And when his kids came calling like on their weekly calls, Mm -hmm. she told them the exact same thing. It's kind of hard to know what life was like. For his children after this um they yeah they do go into it a, like a little bit of detail on the dateline episode that they really just like had to start moving forward and processing yeah like they were under the impression that he had abandoned them they state that they had removed all the pictures from their house because they were angry you know yeah, they, they were believed upset. they believed this story and tommy was sent back to live with his mom mm-hmm. yeah so he left the family So, a few months after the murder, Judy, I can assume, was starting to get, like, paranoid about having a literal dead body buried in her backyard. Probably. So, she again forced her two children, Shane and Kimberly, to dig up the body and attempt to move it. Months later.
1: That's disgusting. Yeah. The amount of decomposition a
0: body goes through after a couple months in the ground, Mm -hmm. nonetheless. After digging all the way down... They found the trunk was basically completely in tatters. Like it was co- basically in shambles. Yeah. Kimberly said the smell was just completely overwhelming. Oh, I And bet. she could see his decaying body. Like Ooh. stating you could still see his tattoos on his skin. Like, oh, but it was like, oh God. yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Eventually Judy realized this was not gonna work. Mm-hmm. He was basically sludge. And they reburied Lloyd in the backyard of the closet. In they the same spot. Him. Yeah. They yeah, just, they left just him threw there.
1: the dirt back on.
0: Now, I'm not going to get into much more detail about, like, Kim's emotions over the years. Yeah. Um, because she really does a good job painting it out in her book. And I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. So if y'all need to check it out, yeah. go read the book. Yes, oh. absolutely. Um, Just know that this was no cakewalk for her. Like, yeah. she does not downplay the severity of what she was going God, through. God, I cannot
1: imagine. Because mm-hmm. she kept this secret, of,
0: you know. And it really did affect her in every single way for the rest of her life. She did end up telling her stepsister, Rachel. Right? Remember Rachel? Her friend. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, right. She did end up telling her um, when they were like 14. Rachel never told a soul. Judy went on to marry another man by the name of Tom Goff in 1981, just a year later. Yeah. Okay. Bitch crazy. All right. That's where she got her, her name, Judy Goff. Uh, we'll get back to Tom in a little bit here. Okay, so we're going to jump forward a little bit again to when Kim was 18. She met a, like, a really cute religious boy by the name of Dave. And they were mm. married in Idaho City in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Oh, cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. But this boy's parents were fucking psycho-religious.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not
0: saying that all religious people are psychos at all. No. A lot of my family and friends are religious. Yeah. I'm kind of religious, I guess. Yeah. Um, but these people were constantly, like, these people were, like, I don't want to say like evangelical. I don't even know almost, what religion they almost were. Almost like they, uh, they
1: were maybe pushing their religion on others or looking down on those. who Yeah, that's an
0: un- that's didn't. an understatement. So she was religious. She she converted for him. So okay. she was like going to church and like she was doing the damn She's thing. was doing the damn thing. Yep. But these people constantly were in her business, calling her a whore almost every day, to her face. On what grounds? Getting into her <laughs> husband's ear about her withholding some of their money, like they were like financially abusive to them. What the hell? Judging literally everything in her life. Was it because maybe she wasn't brought up in the faith that they were? She goes into it more in her book. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to know. I just mm-hmm. don't think that they will they probably would have liked any. I think there was some parental like incest going on. like they were like obsessed yeah. with their son. That's and <laughs> no one was going to be good enough for him. He was him. a little, yeah. They he were was like a little, little bit, too close to his parents. A little too close. Yeah, a little too close. <laughs> so they, they were always around, essentially, the parents. Mm-hmm. They were some of the worst people she could have come into contact with after Ugh. like such a rough childhood. That sucks. I seriously feel so bad for her.
1: Well, and it sucks because um, you expect religious people to be inviting and to welcome you, especially when you try to adopt their religion. Yeah. And try to become a part of it and embrace it.
0: Yeah, these people were real culty with it. So she did have two children with Dave. Okay. And spoiler alert, Dave was not a man by any means. He was abusive to her as well and really just wasn't the boy that she met when she was young. To Kim. He changed for the worse. Yeah. He was just a piece of shit. He turned out to be addicted to pornography. This religious ass man who let his parents call her a whore for years and years was addicted to pornography, and was having countless affairs with sex workers. Uh, he was a psychopath. Like, this, the, she, go, she goes into a lot more detail about it. He murdered her cat. Uh, so, yeah, sorry, catito. trigger warning. He murdered uh. her cat. Um, it was, like, on, like, a few days after they got married. And then to apologize, he bought her two more kittens, and a couple days later, she walked in on him trying to kill those cats. Uh, yeah, this guy was a fucking loser.
1: That is so messed yeah.
0: up. Yeah, uh, Dave, suck my ass.
1: Not in a fun way.
0: No, not in a no, not in a fun way. <laughs> now, side note: during this time, while she was raising children and dealing with Monster Dave, Ugh. the younger boy, Kelly, mm-hmm. bought the house on Clark Street. Oh wow. Okay. Judy and Tom, her <gasps> husband. But He's still
1: buried in the backyard. We'll get
0: there. <gasps> Judy and Tom moved out to Nampa, which was like a little more their pace. They loved to do like horseback riding and like nice, yeah. do like bowling and stuff like that. Kelly and his wife really struggled with hard drug addiction. So the house quickly became like a hoarder house. Mm. It was super unsanitary, very much just like falling apart.
1: Not so They were having,
0: yeah. having hallucinate, like drug induced hallucinations that the wife was possessed by Lloyd's spirit. Oh, you're kidding. Mm. So at <laughs> some point someone spilled the tea to Kelly. Oh my god. I don't know who. I think she talks about it in her book. It might have been her, Kim? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But I I don't I'm not, I don't remember, but it start they were starting to have hallucinations that the wife was possessed by Lloyd's spirit. Oh my god. Yeah. They also had several children living in this house with them. We'll get back to that here soon. There was a summer where Dave and Kim, while they were visiting Judy and Tom out in Nampa, Judy called for Kimberly to come inside. Kim said that she had, quote, the look on her face, which means that that was like a look of panic. Judy took Kim inside the house and told her that Kelly, the new owner, right? Mm -hmm. The now owner. Yeah. Wanted the body removed. It had been decades it had been at least 20 years
1: oh my god but he didn't go to authorities
0: no or police or Mm. nothing and say there's a body in my backyard no you got to remember that like all these people are under judy like judy has control over all of these people oh my
1: god yeah
0: like if judy killed someone the last thing anyone would do would be report it to the police because they they're all scared of her
1: that is so messed
0: up we're gonna get into just how many people knew this secret Ugh. but it's we're not going to talk about that right now. Judy told her, "Quote, we need to move the body." To Kim. Kim was furious to say the least Ugh. and absolutely refused to be a part of this any longer. Yeah. She would also state that this was literally the first time she had ever stood up to her mother. Yeah. The first time ever. Good besides for you, Kim. the time that she told her she was not going to pull the trigger. Yeah. Good Those are the you, only Kim. two times. Good yep. for you. She's got kids now. Yeah. Well, fuck you, Judy. She's
1: trying to provide for herself and form. Yeah, and she's not going to life without further, that bullshit. Yeah,
0: further involve herself in this. Like she's an adult now. Like she yes. could get in serious trouble. Like, exactly. Tampering with a corpse. Like there's so many charges. Yes. Anyway, she did tell them where exactly he was buried mm-hmm. because nobody remembered. Nobody could remember where they buried a fucking body. Kim had to tell them where he was buried because nobody Judy else could Judy didn't even
1: remember Judy, where she fucking buried Shane her husband. Shane
0: dug the hole twice and didn't remember where he was buried. Shane, Kelly, and another cousin dug up the remains and dropped them in a dumpster. So right now we have Kim, mm-hmm. Kelly, Shane, a cousin, and Judy. That's I a will lot say of people. I, oh, and Rachel. Yeah. And then I will say that Dave did find out at some point, her husband Kim's husband. Oh. Didn't tell anybody. He didn't tell anyone. Didn't tell.
1: Why didn't nobody Why say anything? Why is no anything?
0: one fucking saying anything? That's insane yeah. to me.
1: Why is nobody saying anything about this? And then this?
0: she does go into it in her book, but Kim ends up telling Tom, Judy's new husband. Damn. And he didn't say anything.
1: Judy probably, th- or Tom probably thought that Kim was crazy.
0: Well, no, because Tom asked her, he was like, hey, what happened to her husband? Like, be, be real. Like, he suspected it, but she. he basically told her, like, I'm not going to bring it up to her. I believe you, but I'm not going to bring it up.
1: That's how you know how much f***ing manipulation and how deep that goes. How much manipulation has to go into that to the point where somebody gets murdered, you know about it, you let their kids live on thinking that they were abandoned by their father mm-hmm. and you say nothing. Yeah. That
0: message to everyone out there. Narcissism. Speak, up. speak the f so, up. up. Narcissistic sociopath. That is exactly what Judy is. It is not fair. So Kim told her mother that while she wouldn't go off telling like the secret, mm-hmm. if she was asked directly about it, she would not lie anymore. Yeah. After this, Judy started calling Kim frequently to just kind of, like, feel the vibe. Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, checking in and being like, where's your head at? Like, have you told anyone? What are you thinking? Yeah, Yeah. she's calling her all the time just to make sure that she's still shutting the f*** up, essentially. Yep. Um, Kim held all the power at this point, but, like, she didn't look at it that way at the time, you know? I mean, it's... It's very
1: it's got to be very emotionally taxing to know this secret and to have it resurface as an adult when you have babies and a life and you've tried to build something away from all of that to have it resurface as an adult has to be terrifying.
0: Well and Judy's like just giving her kids just enough breadcrumbs like I love you breadcrumbs. To make sure they're not telling anybody anything.
1: It's a compliment sandwich.
0: Well, and she groomed them their entire lives to want to cater to her, mm-hmm. to want to make her happy. What would make mom angry? Telling the police. So Kimberly went on to divorce her shitty husband. Thank God. Good she for divorced her. Dave. Go Kim. And he drained her monthly with an outrageous amount of child support.
1: What? So she didn't get custody. She did get kids. custody. Oh, she, she, she didn't get full custody. Okay. And, and he. She had to pay child support? She
0: couldn't afford a lawyer, and his parents could.
1: That's fucked.
0: It's totally fucked. Years went by and Kimberly watched her wonderful children go grow and flourish, but she was still being eaten alive inside by this secret. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no just doubt. nasty. Yeah. yeah. Now, Kim's daughter, her firstborn Heather, was getting ready to graduate high school. We've jumped ahead like quite a bit of time here. Right. Okay. Tensions in the family were high as always. Um, Kelly seemed to be getting worse, the younger brother. He Mm -hmm. seemed to just, like, he's still doing drugs. Um, Kim was working at a job under a man named Gary, who she really, really liked. Um, She was making decent money at this job and really respected her boss, but her mental health was just declining like crazy. It was just eating her up inside. Yeah. She also was really worried about Kelly's kids because the house had just gotten even worse. Um, and. Uh. She had floated the idea of calling CPS on him due to how bad and, like, unsanitary because the Clark Street Home had become. at that point you think
1: it's not safe for the yeah, kids, Yeah, 100%. Right?
0: It was so bad.
1: Oh, my God.
0: But one evening, she woke up during the witching hour around 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. and received a revelation from the universe that told her she needed to move, relocate. Yeah. Do you have any guess on where she went?
1: Did she go to Donnelly? Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene, okay. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I knew it had to be northern. Oh, everything. Coeur d'Alene a-
0: is booming. Oh, it's beautiful, gorgeous. Dude. Yeah. Okay.
1: Summer trip. Side note.
0: I'm dying to go. I've never been. I talked about this because our last episode was Elden Gale Samuel the Third, and that takes mm, place in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. That was a crazy case. I want to drive. Yeah. I'm dying. I'm down to drive because I want to go there, and then I want to. I don't want to say this on the podcast, but everything about this move felt right to her. She was excited to get out of the Boise-Nampa area and get away from her toxic-ass family. Yeah. But it was when she went to talk to her boss about moving that she spilled the f***ing tea. Oh, God. This poor woman was so torn up after all these years that all he really had to do was ask her if she was okay for her to crack like a fucking egg. Oh, shit. She spent the next hour relaying to him every single detail of what she'd been hiding for oh 27 God. years.
1: Poor girl.
0: Now, just about a week later, Judy called calls Kimberly. She said that Kelly, the youngest brother, was freaking the fuck out. He was behind on like back taxes on the house mm-hmm. and he owed a lot of people money. We can assume from Toronto's probably. Mm-hmm. He told Judy that she owed him the money. Because she had ruined his life for years with this dark secret.
1: Damn.
0: He was blackmailing her.
1: Yeah, no doubt. He of was course. saying, like, you're
0: going to give me this money or I'm going to fucking tell on you. Yeah. Kim successfully made the move to Coeur d'Alene. Um, but it wasn't long after that a knock came at her door. Oh. It was the police. And oh. they had some questions oh. about Lloyd Ford. No. Her boss, Gary, threw her under the bus. Um, and she kind of saw it coming. There's, like, there's a a subplot in her story for lack of a better term about how like at one point she was house sitting for Gary Mm -hmm. and she checked his answering machine and it was like a Boise police officer following up about the Lloyd thing. Yeah. And so she kind of knew that this was, she kind of knew that he had already talked. I mean it
1: sucks but like finally fucking somebody steps up and says something. Yeah.
0: She goes into more detail about like how she was angry at first, but, like, at the end of the day, it did vindicate her because yeah. she felt like she didn't have to be the one to tell. Yeah, you know. I
1: mean, I would feel the slightest bit relieved. I would be mad, too, telling someone something in confidence, but, like, good on that man for hearing something fucked up and saying something well, and speaking up. Well, and they
0: were close. Like, Gary, like, loved her like a daughter, and it was yeah. – he, he knew, like, he says in the um, Dateline uh, interview mm-hmm. that – he since he met her felt like something was attached to her like felt like yeah. something was on her back so Kim just like she told her mother answered all of their questions truthfully remember she told her mom mm-hmm. if someone asks I'm not gonna I'm lie I'm gonna tell mm-hmm. yeah but what she didn't expect was for them to ask her to go undercover to help incriminate her mother no fucking way and all it took was one phone call I'm going to play it for you right now. Oh, you're kidding me. Um, um, you know, I, I can't say anything except that you don't know the regrets that I've had. And, and that I still have. I, I, uh, I don't know that I can answer your question. I, I don't remember a whole lot of it. You know, we had talked, and, and I was trying to figure out how to get out of it. And I remember you just singing, do it, do it, do it, do it. Oh, I know, Yeah, I know that. But I'm just telling you what I was hearing, you know what I mean? And it was like at that point, there was no turning back. I guess I felt like I was in a hole where I was trying to dig myself out of, of, of a pit. I was in hell, I guess. I don't know. And I'm
1: so sorry I like, see you there with me. I guess the
0: only thing I can tell you, Ken, is that I love you more than I love life. I'm sorry that I failed you. I, I, and I'm sorry that you have to go through this. I know that doesn't even begin to help, but, but lay down my life for you. That means anything to for
1: you. Oh, my God.
0: Isn't that insane?
1: The way she said, oh, well, you just said to me, do it, do it, do it. And her daughter's like, I was 12. Yeah. You you put that on your child. You put your child you in that You made position. me sit
0: there and hold your ears.
1: And then the way that she just flipped it on her daughter and was like, well, you made me, you said, do it, do it.
0: Yeah, oh. I don't remember a whole lot. All I remember is you saying, do it, do it. Like, no, no, no. dare you? Yeah, don't how paint dare it like you? that.
1: Mm-mm. This was your planning, your idea. Yeah. You put this all into fruition. She is she a, a horrific
0: person. She is a fucking My nightmare. God. So after that happened on September 28th of 2007, they arrested Judy Goff for first-degree murder. Same day. Mm-hmm. Police asked Kim to make the trip to Boise and walk them through the house. Yeah. She agreed, but she stated it was horribly traumatic. They were able to find seven bone fragments right where Kimberly pointed to.
1: Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. He was probably completely decomposed. He was probably all Well, bones. they dumped
0: his body, remember? The cousin. Oh, and, right. Yeah, Duh. they dumped his body in the... In, in like in a dumpster but somewhere. there were still bones there were still bones they didn't yeah. get it all so because the trunk was disintegrated yeah. I mean so it was
1: completely and he
0: was probably sludge like there yeah. was only so much they could do you know Yeah. oh god it turns out over 10 people some like related to the family mm-hmm. knew this secret
1: and nobody said anything
0: that's unheard of That's insane. But it really goes to show how much control Judy had over every single member of the family. My God. Yeah, it does. That's insane. Yeah. When Judy was arrested, she did, and I hate to say it, the smart thing. Mm -hmm. She shut the f*** up. She did not say a word. She asked immediately for a lawyer. I say this on every episode of the podcast. If you're ever arrested, like, if you're not being, like, are, am I being detained? Mm-hmm. And if you are, lawyer. Right away. Lawyer right away. Yeah. Unfortunately, Judy knew that too. So this really like shocked the community and confused everyone, especially yeah. police. Oh, yeah. She actually was granted bail as a judge ruled that she was not a flight risk. She bonded out for 100000 but paid $10,000 like to, with a bail, bail bondsman. Wow. Yeah. So now six months later... The defense's entire case was built on Lloyd was abusive. Mm-hmm. And they kind of made it like a goodbye, Earl situation. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Earl had to die kind of thing. Yep. And while this may be true, mm-hmm. Judy was abusive too. Exactly. Like, so was Judy. She was a horrible mother.
1: And she also allowed all of the abuse to happen in the home with her children. Yeah. Like, I get, I get, like, like, it's complex. respect to the women out there who are trying to stick it out and trying to provide the best life for mm-hmm. their children in that situation. Right. But you can tell that in this instance, Judy was not... Quite doing that. She yeah. was doing everything she could to make the man happy. Yeah, she wasn't trying
0: kids. to like dilute the situation. She no. wasn't trying to keep her kids safe. She didn't give a f- about them.
1: Yeah, no. She her main goal was to not lose another man, is what it
0: seems like. Precisely. But a trial would never actually happen because Judy ended up striking a deal in exchange for her confession. Wow. And guys this confession is the biggest load of bullshit I have ever heard in my life. Oh
1: my God. And I'm
0: going to play it for you right now. Oh. I was sitting on the edge of the bed and I had the gun across my lap. He was sitting on the floor by my dresser, kitty corner from me. The gun went off. It was a terrible smell. And he was dead. When you say the gun went off, what do you mean by that? You know, I, I must have pulled the trigger. So had you talked to your daughter about killing your husband? You know, she said that I did. I don't really recall that part. Did you call your daughter to come into the room? I, I don't think so. I don't know why she was there.
1: I know she was screaming, do it, do it, do it.
0: Just do it. The fact that she threw her daughter under the bus like that. Yeah.
1: A 12 year old. At, at that point, she was 12 yeah. years old. And, and she's and like, she yeah.
0: She just made her her scapegoat. Like, I don't remember anything. All I remember is my daughter was convincing me to do it. I like, don't know why you. she was
1: there. Fuck you. Yes, my 12 year old chose to help put a body in a trunk and bury it.
0: Unbelievable. That
1: is so messed up of her.
0: Tom, her husband, Tom Goff, mm-hmm. filed for divorce pretty quick. <laughs> no um, and there. it was granted. Excuse me. <laughs> It was granted in 2009. Judy was sentenced on March 30th, 2009. She did 10 years.
1: Oh, she did? Yeah. Good.
0: She's out of prison.
1: She's just out and about living She her was life.
0: released November 9th of 2019. She's been slowly, I can see all this information. Mm. She's been slowly paying off her court debt since she went to prison, like $15 at a time. She still owes thousands of dollars in court fees her oh most God. recent payment was this year in 2023 yeah. isn't that crazy Good. I don't know where she lives I I don't know if like if she's on probation now that she's out like I don't know anything mm-hmm. I don't think so I think like that was her sentence satisfaction After and she's done time, yeah. yeah I you heard know. there is a there's a Judy Goff who lives in but I don't think it's I her saw that. yeah you saw that and she's 77 would that be about the same born in 46. 40- 46, yep. Born I was talking to my mom 50. about this earlier. I was telling her about this case. And she's like, well, where does she live now? I was like, I think she lives in She was like, is so expensive. How is she affording it? I was like, she probably found a man. <sighs> she probably has a man who's paying for all her shit. She's like a fucking, what's it called? Like a siren. In the end of Kimberly's book, she says, quote, I'm a good and loving mother. I'm a fantastic person. I love the one I see in the mirror every morning now, even with bedhead. I am strong and I am loved by those in my life. I am truly blessed. No longer will I settle for less than the best in my life and neither should you.
1: Mm, Yes, Kim. I don't want to. That's not the
0: very, very ending. I don't want to ruin the ending for you. Yeah. um, Because the last few lines of the book are unbelievably powerful. I was just crying my eyes out by the end Mm. of it. Again, guys, please buy the book. It's a short read. I knocked it out in like one day. It's only like 220 pages and it's huge. Like the print is very large. Yeah. Um, buy it. Support Kimberly. She really is such a great person and writer. It is called Unworthy. What Would You Do For Your Mother? By Kimberly Wollert. Um, her last name is spelled W-O-H-L-E-R-T. Kimberly, again, if you listen to this, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I hope I did your story justice. Um. That's really all we have for you today. That is the story um, of The Family Secret and Judy Rakoff. Thanks for listening to the Idaho Crime Squad Pod. Good night, Idaho.
1: Good night.
0: The Idaho Crime Squad pod is an Idaho Crime Squad production. Trademark 2022. All rights reserved.